Haunted Nights, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross. W.J. Pierce for creating and performing our music. Good evening and welcome to Thorn and Cross Haunted Nights Live. We're your hosts, Alistair Cross and Tamara Thorne. Thank you for joining us. All right, uh, here at Thorn and Cross, we're big on blood-sucking fiends. So before we introduce tonight's guest, here's Tamara with some biting commentary on one of our <laughs> own vampiric offerings. Yeah, when it comes to the undead, we have a few stories to tell you. But tonight, I'm going to talk about my novel, Candle Bay. A new concierge, Amanda Pierce, arrives at the Candle Bay Hotel full of dreams and ambitions, but nothing prepares her for the Darling family, the owners of the hotel. They're unusual, to say the least. Creepy and they're kooky and all that stuff. The patriarch thinks he's the godfather. The teenage twins, Juicy Lucy and Poison Ivy, who just won't keep their clothes on, love to live up to their names, and Stephen Darling is gorgeous. But of course, you can't fool around with the boss. Then there's the family friend, Julian Valentine, who's as attractive as he is creepy. He's taken a serious shine to Amanda, but when he claims they were lovers centuries ago, she decides he has bats in his belfry. And she might be right. From laundry carts full of bloodless guests, to wine-tasting parties where the star of the tasting isn't a Bordeaux but a type B. Amanda doesn't know who to trust. What's a red-blooded girl to do in a town where everybody's out for blood? Amanda Pierce must fight, figure it out. And yeah, that All is right, that and you can read more about the Darling family in the Thorn and Cross collaboration Darling Girls, which features all kinds of fun fangs and bloody good times. And in Darling Girls, you'll also get to meet the vampires of Crimson Cove and find out how the two clans are connected. All right, again, you're listening to Thorn and Cross, Haunted Nights Live. You can learn more about what we do at our websites, alistaircross.com and tamarthorn.com. You can visit our mutual blog at thornandcross.wordpress.com, or if you tweet, our handle is, our handles are at thorncross and at crossalister. You can also find me on Instagram at official underscore alistaircross. You can visit our Facebook page, our Haunted Nights Live page on Facebook. Uh, also, and for more information on the show, you can visit Authors on the Air on Facebook, Twitter, and at authorsontheair.com. This is a broadcast of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, LLC. All right, tonight's guest is Patrick C. Green. Uh, Patrick is a lifelong horror fan who lives in the mountains of western North Carolina. He launched his Ember Hollow series with Red Harvest and is currently working on the third novel in the series. He is also the author of the novels Progeny and The Crimson Calling, as well as numerous short stories featured in collections and anthologies. Uh, tonight we are going to be talking with Patrick about Grim Harvest, which is book two in the Haunted Hollow Chronicles. And uh, we have uh, looked it over. We haven't read it entirely yet, but we uh, are loving what we've read so far. So welcome, Patrick, to the show. How are you? Thank you. Hello, Hello everyone. Excuse me. I'm doing pretty well. Good, good, good. <laughs> so we, uh, we. Oh, this sorry, is a Halloween ahead, novel. Oh, yeah. That was. We probably were going to say the same thing. This is a. This is Halloween month is when we do lots of extra shows and stuff to get all the Halloween goodness in, and Patrick's uh, Grim Harvest is all about Halloween. 
And can you tell us more? It's a series, and tell us all about it. Yeah, certainly. Uh, Ember Hollow is the name of the town. It's in North Carolina, which is uh, where I live and where I'm from, as you mentioned in the bio. It's uh, it's kind of a small farming town where pumpkins have become this fictional, entirely fictional, of course, where uh, pumpkins are kind of the, the major import, and there's a there was a pumpkin parade. Let's put it that way. Um, so, so there are some issues, as with many small towns, there are some uh, issues from the past that are starting to come back up around the same time as Halloween every year. Because uh, as we know, that's when the veil begins to thin between this world and that. So um, basically, we have a yeah, I have a small group of people who are dealing with the troubles that come along with Halloween uh, every year. Uh-huh. Nice. Sounds really interesting. Nice. So yeah, we love we're we're big we're big pumpkin fans and big uh, Halloween. <laughs> we we love it. So are, did you did yeah. I did, yeah did I did I understand you correctly though that in in real life in your town you have a pumpkin parade? Uh, it's it's no no we don't really have not in this town. Um, okay. There's okay. a yeah you know, <laughs> yeah there's a couple of smaller events. When I envisioned the pumpkin parade, it was. Uh, it, you know, I, I kind of I didn't know if there really was a, a truly magnificent small town type of you know Halloween parade. That seems that actually seems like something more common to Thanksgiving or Christmas. Uh, of course, right. New York City has a big <laughs> yeah New York City has a big parade. But but to me, I, I you know I I like the idea of this town being uh, economically dependent on their not right. just their parade crop but the parade as well. So uh, mm-hmm. that's kind of where that came from. Right, right. I love cool. it. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and this one, this one, so so Grim Harvest picks up a year um, after the the first book, uh, Red Harvest, leaves off. Correct. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I can okay. I can give a pretty quick synopsis on what happens. There's a uh, religious fanatic in Red Harvest who wants to ruin not, not only the parade but the entire town and uh, Halloween, Halloween itself. She, she's really she's bent on ruining Halloween for everybody. Um, and in the second one in Grim Harvest what we have is her ex-boyfriend coming to town for some vengeance and he just happens to be a psychotic biker with a nice tight group <laughs> of uh, fellow bikers <laughs> and and they have uh, gotten their hands on a skinwalker spell, so it's pretty easy to nice. guess where it goes from there. <laughs> nice, <laughs> this is fantastic. So, w- did you? Uh, this is kind of a generic question, but but it is. But I love the the, the whole idea of the you know the small town and the, the <laughs> of course the mm-hmm. pumpkin parade and all that, and then you, you know you've got skinwalker oh, yeah. spells and and mean bikers and stuff. So I have to ask. Where, where did this idea come from? Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, when I was uh, probably probably way too young to be doing so, I started watching. I was watching exploitation films. You know, the kind from <clears throat> the kind from the seventies and eighties that were just kind of you know unbridled. Excuse me. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so the you know the bikers, they were bikers there, and uh, werewolf bikers, and you had <clears throat> tough black sheriffs like the one in. Uh, you know, tough black lawmen like like Hudson Lott of this book, mm-hmm. these books, uh, slashers and 
I really just kind of wanted to, I don't want to use the term hodgepodge because it's more of a situation like the movie Trick or Treat where uh, the, the, there's several threads that wind, wind in and out of each other along the way and then you come to the conclusion where they're kind of all together. Um, so it's really just, you know, it, it comes from uh, my interest in exploitation of horror movies, old school B, uh, B movies and that kind of thing. Nice, nice. So you, I'm going to guess you, you probably uh, grew up in the, did you grow up in the 80s? Oh, yeah, sure did. Yeah, okay, so, so did I. And I yeah. think that um, that's, that's, that's where a lot of this comes from because, I, you know, when, when we were reading uh, your stuff, I can, you know, you can detect that, that, that influence, and I love that. It's very, uh, um, just that, that kind of, cla- it's just it's what we, you know, we grew up on, and it's, you know, yeah, I love it. So, so are you excited yeah. to see things like, I just found out that there's a, there's going to be like a creep show remake, or there already is, or something. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Excuse me, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm hearing great things about this, about this creep show remake. Guys, I'm really sorry about my uh, <clears throat> voice issues today. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's yeah. Yeah, I uh, you know I love anthologies and um, I love the idea of a, a horror movie that's a, you know, a horror show or a movie that has several yeah. different stories uh, included. And um, so yeah, the the '80s, you know, I really do have a strong affinity for those films. Um, yeah, and yeah, and and I think um. It's just hard to it's hard to look at today's films. Some of them are very very good technically, and I love a lot of uh, I love a lot of these horror films. But I guess I just have such a nostalgia attached uh, mm-hmm. to the '80s era films that uh, it, it uh, hopefully comes through maybe with a good sense of humor in what I'm writing now. Well, yeah. You mentioned you're okay. a fan of uh, you grew up reading Stephen King and uh, Dean Koontz and who else? Mm-hmm. Uh, who are your favorites? Clive Barker actually is, uh, yeah, uh-huh. Clive Barker by far. I love Clive Barker's oh. work, and uh, again, that was something that I started reading very young, and probably before I could really understand it. And I think it kind of forced me to uh, to have a weird perspective on life, quite frankly. Um, another guy I like is Edward Lee, and uh, as you've, oh, yeah. if you've ever read Edward Lee, you know what a mm-hmm. kind of a gory. Uh, there's, there's a very. lot. Of, there's a lot of you know, very visceral gutsy stuff going on in his work and I love that. Yes. Uh, yeah, and so I, I don't want to be, I don't want to I understand there's a stigma attached, but I don't want to shy away from using gore. I think it's, uh, I think it definitely has its place in uh, horror fiction and films as well. For sure. Sure. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Yeah. It's, what are, uh, what are it's, some uh, of your favorite what are, what are some of your favorite novels that you've read either uh, that influenced you? I just reread the Damnation Game, uh, which is mm-hmm. uh, one of the first, I guess one of the first, uh, sorry, Clive Barker novels that I read, yeah. the Damnation Game, and uh, because I'd read the books of blood before that and just loved them all. Uh, oh, so yeah. I just revisited it, and it's kind of, uh, it, it just has so much, uh, <clears throat> it's such, there's something, something otherworldly, not only about his prose itself, but uh, obviously about the worlds that he builds. And uh, it's just fascinating to see how, Clive Barker can make you uh, can, can almost make the this alternate these alternate universes of his seem yeah. like they're almost just next door. Like you could slide right into them if you're not careful. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. uh, So, 
so the damnation game really is, is huge with me and it I read uh I read I've read it several times and of course the stand. Uh I think Stephen King's really kind of hit a stride with both of those. And oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like they they really had an influence on uh, when I was reading them that was all I could think about. So I'm sure they found their way into uh you know, subconsciously into whatever I try to do. Yeah, you end right. up just living in in those books. They're so real, the characters. They're great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. I read um, I read The no. Damnation Game many, many years ago. I also did uh, yeah. Gold Heart Canyon, which I love. And one book that I have that's been sitting on my bookshelf for many, many years, and I've, I, I don't know how or why I've never gotten around to it, is Weave World. And I wonder, have you have you ever read that? I have read Weave World, and um, I enjoyed it. I feel like he was he was going more in a fantasy direction with that one, but of course it's you know it's Clive Barker, so it's still dark and uh, yeah. There's, there's a lot of ominous undertones. I think uh, you just reminded me of the Great and Secret Show, which I need to revisit, which was uh, oh, yeah. another another very immersive novel to me that came to me in a good time in my life, and uh, you know, uh-huh. kind of it, it meant a lot to me, and it was it was it was helpful to see. Someone, even if they're fictional characters, dealing with some of these thoughts and feelings, uh-huh. you know. Oh, nice. Right. Now, earlier you were mentioning that there are some of the newer movies that you like. What are some of the newer horror movies that you like? Uh, well, it's, it's kind Wan. of. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I just saw. Uh, <clears throat> I just saw Stephen King's it, <laughs> the first one, not the second one, and uh, so I, I think they did. You know, people are going to complain because you can't really condense a novel, especially a novel the size of it, into one right. film yeah. or even even two probably. But uh, right. I, I think that I think that if you could, you know, if you weren't aware of the source material, you would find yourself watching a damn fine horror film. You know, another one that has stuck yeah. with me uh, in the last couple of years is It Follows, and uh, even though uh-huh. that's yeah. not a particularly uh, a lot of a lot of It titles here. But even though that's not a particularly gory film, it's uh, just the sense of, you know, the sense of doom and uh, between the music and the kind of the low, low-tech, low-fi feel. It has a lot of that 80s quality. Yeah. Even, even though I don't think it's really set in the 80s, it's like a like an alternate uh-huh. world. Sort of like what I've tried to do with the Ember Hollow um, mm-hmm. stories. Is it's an alternate world where, where elements of the 80s are still around. And elements of this era are not so. It's just kind of it's kind of yeah. cool to uh, be caught off balance like that with a different world created in a film like that. It is. Have you watched Stranger Things? I have. I do. I, I love Stranger Things. Still have to catch up on this third season. So uh, Netflix is really That's, dropping. Yeah, they're dropping a lot on me. It's going to be. <laughs> yeah, the third season is great. It 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 does the '80s incredibly well. Oh, very and nice. That's what I like best about it. Yeah, you will like yeah. that. Good to hear. Have you seen Hereditary? I have, and I did love it. Uh, I was a little surprised by some directions it took, but wow, that's such a powerful, impactful film. I'm gonna have to revisit that one. Yeah, too. it's uh, you know Tony Collette. You, you can't go yeah. wrong casting her. She's, no, you she, can't. Yeah, she rules and everything from uh, all the way back from when she did Sixth Sense. She's just great, and uh, she really, you know. Between her and the little girl, oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 she's really, um, she's really something. So that's that little uh, girl, nightmarish. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's 
<laughs> There's really nothing to say. There really isn't. No. Except, you know, gasp. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. So, um, Ember Hollow—that's such a great name. Uh, you have that in two books so far. Is there going? Is this a series or a trilogy or what do you yes, foresee uh, doing? Um, the, uh, the Harvest books are meant as a as a trilogy. But you know, this is this is a town, and there's a lot of people, and there's there's always a possibility of some kind of follow up. I don't like to think in terms of sequels, uh, but rather just mm-hmm. new new things happening to the same people. Uh, yeah. You know, without the same menace coming back year after year or, or whatever. So Ember Hollow is actually I have to credit Michael Hamilton uh, with lyrical press for that mm. because I really called it Saint Saturn. Saint Saturn was the name of the town. And Ember Hollow, you know, if you think about it, that's that's uh, that draws forth the image of a jack o' lantern. So, oh uh, yeah, that yeah, sounds very autumnal. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, totally. Just, I'm wondering if if Alistair and I create a whole universe for ourselves, and no matter where our town is it's going to be in the same universe so that we might mention one that's in uh, Northern California and another one that's in Arizona. And they might be collaborations or solos, and we just freely mention them. Do you do you make yourself a, a universe like that, or do you keep them separate? Um, yeah, you know, well, the funny thing is I, I had very much in mind when I started with the first one that this was going to be uh, – it's going to be kind of a standalone universe that didn't didn't really match up with ours, because I didn't want mm-hmm. you know I don't I, I I get taken out of a film or a book when there's an, there's always an issue with the cell phone so I just <laughs> I just wanted to oh, yeah. that all together. yeah so uh, I kind of think of it, I don't know if you've ever seen an old Italian movie called Cemetery Man uh, with Rupert Everett mm-hmm. uh, yeah yes. but it, yeah you see that he's uh, when he tries to leave the town. He kind of learns that you can't. That you know, it's not. <laughs> they're really for him, at least. There isn't anything beyond that town. It's isolated uh, in his either in his mind yeah. or just uh, for whatever reason. So that's kind of what I yeah. had in mind. I, yeah, I, I just I just wanted Ember Hollow to be a town that uh, is kind of untouched by certain uh, elements of our society, and yet still has you know still boasts some of those. Like that. Right. What, when you were a kid, did you dream of being a writer or a actor or anything? What did you want to be when you were little? Well, yeah, when I was little, I started, I was writing and drawing and stuff, you know, from a pretty early age uh-huh. and always uh, reading comic books and always interested in scary and fantastic things. Um, but, but kind of here in this area, it's a little, there's some economic depression and uh, mm-hmm. there's, uh, I guess how do I how do I phrase this? There's a there's a lower rate of education. It's not bad now. It's gotten much better. But you, you uh-huh. soon find yourself if you're small if you're especially small for your age. You're a kid, uh, oh. you know, in the '80s in the South. Then writing is not really you know it's not a it's not a safe yeah. direct say. So I no I kind of, uh, yeah it's 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 not like I uh, it's not like I grew up on the streets quote unquote. But I. You know, you learn that you have to defend yourself and kind of be and kind of put on the veneer of a tough guy and be that to survive at least for a while. So I, you know, that kind of that 
that turned into a big part of my personality. And the, uh, you know, the exploitation films, black exploitation and kung fu films, had a lot of, of influence on on where that took me. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> Interesting. Hmm. Oh, Alistair. So oh. you, I'm curious as a, I'm curious about what you're uh, working on next. You have a, there was a, you told us about something called Under Wicked Sky, which I think is a fantastic title. It is. Can you talk about that a little yeah. bit? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that title was taken out of the middle of a Metallica song, by the way, because I'm a big metalhead. Oh, and, wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think it's Unforgiven. not absolutely certain on that. At any rate, um, so this is, um, harking back to the 80s again, you know, John Carpenter did a film called uh, Assault on Precinct 13. And, oh, yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it's kind of a siege picture where you have these uh, this gang laying siege to an understaffed uh, police station, basically. And there's so many mm-hmm. things going on. That sounds simple, but there's so many things going on in there um, that it's just a, it's riveting and it's it's just the kind of movie that you you can't stop watching. Great score, everything works about it, as with so much of John Carpenter's stuff. So uh, for me, I'm kind of taking that siege setup, and if we jump forward in the, in the future, not too far. You know, we're going to have a situation here where uh, global warming, to use an antiquated right. term, has mm-hmm. rendered you know it's it's caused disease. It's rendered um, it's like it's robbed us of many of our conveniences like the the cell phones again. And you have a, a troop called the Silvers, which are kind of a um they're they're kind of a mystical uh killing like a militia almost. They're all psychotic. They've learned how to adjust to living outside in the sun because they have these silver suits. Uh and then you, uh-huh. on the other hand on the other hand you have a uh, there's an N uh, like a bed and breakfast, which is outfitted with some really nice uh, state-of-the-art air conditioning. And basically, it would make a really good uh, fortress or uh, kind of a headquarters for these silver guys. When there's a uh, there's a war veteran in the middle of this who's come into this inn. And so the silvers want to take over the inn, and the war veteran uh, either can or cannot lead these people to uh, fight back. I guess the enemies, and so it's a, kind of a futuristic, isolated uh, disaster slash siege uh, scenario. Oh, nice! Very cool. Now, um, yeah, we are just about out of time, but um, thank you so much for being on, and I hope that you will come back when you uh, have more news to share. We'll keep in touch. I just looked you up, and yes, we are connected on Facebook and all the um, appropriate places. And on that note, um, could you tell our listeners where they can go to find out more about you and your work? Yeah, absolutely. Um, everything is on Amazon, um, and my website is a it's a WordPress Fear Writer, all all one word, obviously Fear Writer at WordPress. That'll be easy to find. And of course, uh, I'd love to make I'd love to make friends on social media. So Twitter, if you find me, Patrick C Green, Twitter and Facebook, I'll friend up everybody. Oh, great! All right. Well, it was great meeting you. Now. Seriously, sincerely, we, yeah. we it, it was it was great meeting you, and I'm looking forward to finishing uh, a Grim Harvest. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much for having me, guys. This is uh, it's been a wonderful experience. 
All right. Albert, well, we're you, happy to have you. We were, and you keep in touch, and you let us know when you have more news to share, and we'll happily have you back. And uh, thank you again for being on. And to everybody yeah. who is listening, thank you for listening. This is Thorn and Cross, Haunted Nights Live. And until next week, we wish you haunted nights. Happy and Halloween. Sweet. And yeah. sweet screams, too. Happy Woo-hoo. Halloween. <laughs> thank you for listening. <laughs> Haunted Nights, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross.